Over the last seven years, I have tried every kind of marketing you can possibly imagine for my business. And I have determined over that time that direct mail has been by far the most profitable marketing channel I have ever tried. And I've spent over a million dollars just testing it out figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't. And through that time, I've been able to generate over 100 deals per year in my business using direct mail. And now I've created a very small but very powerful mini course on how I utilize direct mail in my business. It explains everything I do from A to Z, and I've made this available to you absolutely free. That's right, no charge, no obligations, just go to my website, mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail. mikesimmons.com forward slash winning direct mail to find out how you can implement my system in your business and start generating more leads through direct mail. Go check it out. It's absolutely free. I can't wait for you to try it. So I was like, hey, I could do this business. I've learned from my mistakes. I got my master's degree in failure of real estate. And I, I turned that around and I learned from those mistakes because I had to. I, I felt I, I had integrity to pay this investor back. I needed to find a way to do that. And I knew that there was an opportunity in real estate. I just had to learn from those mistakes. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate it, guys. I have a good one for you today. A good friend of mine, Tyler Jensen, he is most known for his seven-day flip series that appeared on the uh, Seven Figure Flipping YouTube channel, where he flipped a house in seven days. He actually did it in six days. Uh, and then I think uh, another time, he flipped two houses simultaneously, both within seven days. Just amazing, amazing house flipper, knows his stuff. He is he is the man. And I, I asked him to be on and he was gracious enough to give us some of his time and share some of his secrets. So that's the episode I have for you today. Guys, if you haven't heard, this is 2023 as I'm recording this. My goal is to help 100, 100 real estate investors reach their six and seven figure revenue goals for this year. It is not too late. If you want to be one of the 100 the best thing you can do is reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, you can search for me on Facebook, Mike Simmons, uh, and just reach out and say, I want to be one of the 100. Alternatively, if you're not on Facebook, you can go and email me at mike at juststartrealestate.com and say, hey, Mike, I heard you on your podcast. I want to be one of the 100. I want to work with you directly, and we will get that process in motion. All right, guys. For today, though, let's talk about Tyler and his house flipping expertise. Uh, I give you, without any further ado, my friend, Tyler Jensen. All right, Tyler, uh, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I love the thought of having you on my show because you're exactly the kind of person I like talking to, someone who's an absolute expert, knows what they're doing, and they know way more than I do. And so it's, it's awesome to have you here, and I'm going to pick your brain a little bit today and see what we can learn. Awesome, man. I'm stoked to be on your show. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. For those of you who don't know, Tyler and I are friends. Uh, this is not someone that I interview that I'm trying to figure out who they are and, and kind of having to research them. I know I know Tyler pretty well. But 
for those of the people listening who don't know Tyler Jensen, t- uh, <laughs> just talk a little bit about about your real estate background. Like where where you before real estate too? It's always I think it's interesting to know what people do before they get into real estate, and then kind of like what that's looked like since then. Yeah, sure. So I started real estate really early on in my career. So I needed a way. I knew that real estate was a great way to make income. And 2008, I was a freshman in college when I started my first flip. Uh, we did everything wrong, right? That we that was a great education in real estate. Uh, it was awesome. But yeah, I started in 2008, and everyone's like, 2008. That was like the worst time to get into real estate. But I didn't know any better. And it was a great time for us to get into real estate. So we did a lot of short sales and foreclosures and stuff like that. And that was kind of my first exposure into real estate. And then when I was doing real estate, I was a full-time student. I was working full-time. Real estate was kind of this side hustle thing for me that I could try and help pay for college was the goal yeah. when I started when I started flipping houses. So um, yeah, that kind of went through the corporate America world. I went and got an education. I tried, I thought that the corporate ladder was the way that I wanted to go and be a CEO of a fortune 500 company. And I was on the path to get there. I was doing a lot of things. I got educated. I was a COO for a company, but the whole time in between that, I was still doing real estate because I knew that real estate was a way to create wealth and to have good injection of cash and then also long-term wealth as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I started in real estate is just flipping houses. And we just dialed it in and got really good at, at what we do. So I didn't real. I guess maybe I forgot. Maybe I knew and forgot, but I didn't know. I started in 2008 also. I wasn't a freshman at college. I was 38 years old, <laughs> but um, but I started back then too. And you're right. That's People always say like, oh my gosh, that must have been awful. It, it's such a misconception. It was actually a great time to get into real estate. Yeah. Um, maybe two years prior to that, like in 2006 might not have been the best time because of 2008, especially if you were doing long-term stuff. But 2008 was great. It's like, when do you ideally buy stocks that are absolutely going to go up? You buy them when they're at their lowest. And, and that's sort of what we were doing, right? We were buying houses at their absolute lowest and then re- selling them. But uh, so I started to wait. I made all the mistakes in the world too. But unlike you, I eventually, after about five or six years, I switched and became more on the wholesale side. I was doing more wholesaling. You stuck with flipping. Talk to me about what I'm always interested in and it's everyone makes mistakes, right? So hearing about the mistakes is great, but I want to know how did you figure it out. And I don't, I know it doesn't happen overnight, but I'm sure that there was something you can look back where it's like, okay, I was doing things kind of wrong for a while. Like what allowed you to finally turn that around and become a little bit more of a pro or, you know, just have a little bit more of a sustained success. Do you know where that point hit? Like what, what was happening or how you, when did the light go on? So to speak. Yeah. So it was really my first couple of deals that I knew that I could do it. So the first one, like we talked about, made every mistake in the book. We bought it wrong. We sold it less than what we thought we were going to do. We way over rehabbed it. We lost money on our first deal and I didn't have money to lose, right? I'm a broke college kid. And so it was a good education and I had to be creative with the lender who had backed us and said, Hey, I believe in you and you're making me take a loss. So the first one, we lost money. The second one, we made money, enough money to pay the original investor back which was, that was a huge win for me. So now it was even, I had done two deals and I was like, I've done a really bad one and lost money and I've done a really good one. And now I know I was confident. Okay, so we lost like 37,000 on the first deal. We made 39,000 on the second deal. 
And then on the third deal, we made 19. So I was like, hey, I could do this business. I've learned from my mistakes. I got my master's degree in failure of real estate. And I, I turned that around and I learned from those mistakes because I had to. I, I felt I, I had integrity to pay this investor back. I needed to find a way to do that. And I knew that there was an opportunity in real estate. I just had to learn from those mistakes. And so that the third deal really until I made money. And I remember taking that check and paying for college. Ed, my tuition was due, right? The same week that I got that $19,000 check. And um, yeah, but it was just learning from those mistakes. And it was just still a side hustle for me because I still thought that my path was corporate America, being a CEO, all of that stuff. So I would do one or two deals a year. And, you know, and then I started to scale that a little bit as I started to get more mature in my career and I could hire a GC to go do all of this stuff. And then eventually it came to, I was doing probably four or five a year, which was pretty good volume for me. And then it was really joining this mastermind group of having people that could show me, hey, you could do really well in real estate. And that for me was the pivotal point that I, I kind of came from a hobbyist, if you will, of just kind of flipping houses to pay for college and doing it nights, weekends, spring break, whenever I could, to actually turning it into a business and really starting to grow and scale my business and perfect my craft was just surrounding myself by people who had done it. And as, as Tony Robbins says, turn decades into days. I was, I was hanging out with the eagles instead of the turkeys now, people telling me that I couldn't do it and, and people showing me how I could do it and how I could grow and scale. And that was a, a huge learning curve for me to really just scale my business and dial in and get really, really good at it. Yeah. So the group, the mastermind is seven figure flipping. So in case people are wondering, seven figure flipping, uh, uh, Tyler and I are both part of that. It changed my business too. But what I like to talk about is, so I get it. I get, I get the, the, um, the evolution, but you were on the CEO path. That's what you wanted. That's what your education was geared toward why not continue that path and do four or five deals a year, right? You probably could take down a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, and have your CEO kind of path, that that whole path. Why, why switch over and go full-time real estate? Yeah, great question. And the answer to that is that I was trading time for money, right? I was, I was going to work. I was working 80 hours a week. I would get two weeks of vacation of PTO. And I wanted financial freedom, but I also wanted freedom of time. And corporate America, if you're in that and you're especially a high executive, you're trading time for money, whether it, it could be a high income and it could be whatever. But I realized that it was it was hurting me personally. I'd come home. I'm stressed. I'm angry. I'm all the things right. I could never unplug from corporate America. We would go. I remember when my kids were really little that we would go to Disneyland and I'm sitting in the hotel room at three in the morning answering emails and I could never really get away from that. And so I had really good income as as a, a high exec and a young executive, but I was it was a lifestyle thing for me that it really wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted both. How could I create financial freedom and freedom of time that I could be able to hang out with my kids and be a dad and be a good husband. And I couldn't do both. My personality just wouldn't allow that. And how I was climbing that corporate ladder wouldn't allow me to, to be a good dad and to be home and hang out and coach baseball and all those things because I was working all the time. And so that, that was a, the realization for me is what did I really want? And it was both. I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to make good money, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to have freedom 
to use that money, right? You see a lot of these high execs that make a ton of money and they have no time to enjoy it. And that's, I didn't, I didn't want that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I kind of went down the same path. I got my education and I was kind of going toward that corporate exec life. Um, it's funny when you're, when you're young, time means nothing when you're really young, usually time, you're a little different, but for a lot of younger people, time doesn't mean a lot. They're willing to give up time for money. And as you get older, that, that, that scale kind of tips the other way and time becomes way more important to you than money. Not that money's not important, but you're right. I think when people in their twenties, a lot of times think, I don't care. I'll work 80 hours. You pay me enough money. I'll work 80 hours. I don't care. I promise you those people eventually will go, okay, I'm not happy doing this anymore. I need more time, right? I'll take even less money if I can have more time. But with real estate, you're right. You don't necessarily have to trade in your money to get more time. You can have both. And it sounds like that's exactly what what you did. So talk about the switch, right? Going from corporate America to real estate, Did you like do four or five deals one year, quit your job and just do like a couple of dozen deals the following year? Or what what was that transition like? And by the way, uh, before you answer that, talk to me about I'm always this is such a big thing that people never talk about. What was the conversation like in your home when you talked about wanting to leave this corporate track, this C-suite track that you're on? What did that was that conversation like? Yeah, a, a great conversation. So it was really that I was doing a few houses. It was still a side hustle for me. So I was getting up early, working on flips, and then I would work with a GC that would help kind of manage the properties and he would take a profit. Uh, we would split profits and stuff like that. So I was still making good money, but I was still working a lot as well. But it kind of came to this point that I started losing interest in corporate America. I started my, there was this crossroads, if you will, that I started spending more of my focus and energy was on real estate and something that I love doing. And I started neglecting the corporate America side. And I, I could feel that. And I was probably going to get fired anyways, eventually, because I was, I was really working on real estate because that's what I loved. That's what I was drawn to. And I knew that that was, that was the way out for me was to be able to get financial stability and to be able to have this time freedom. I wouldn't have to work 80 hours a week. And it came down to we, again, we were doing five or six deals and we had closed on two flips in one week for whatever circumstance happened. It just so happened that we closed on two flips within a a week or two. And I remember coming home to my wife and saying, hey, look, we have enough runway that we can survive for six months. And I want to do this. I want to pursue this dream. I want to, I feel like I'm really good at it. I feel like I could, I could get really good at it. I could grow this business. I just can't if I still have to be in corporate America. So give me six months and I'll figure it out. And if six months, if it doesn't work, then I'll go back. I'm highly educated. I could go find another job. I can go back to corporate America. And my wife was really cool and she was awesome. She was like, hey, well, here's my concerns, right? She went through all those. And her biggest concern come to find out was health insurance. She was like, I, we have young kids. I need to make sure that we have health insurance for our kids. I'm like, well, I could, I think, I think I could solve that problem. And she was like, okay, if you can do that, then I'm okay. And we can live off six months of this income that we just made. We have enough runway. And she's like, go pursue your dream. And if you crash and burn, then go get a job. And that was kind of the deal for six months. And that was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago that we did that. Wow. I'm so, I guess I didn't realize how similar our stories are actually. I mean, 
<laughs> it, it was it was kind of the exact same situation with me. Um, little different. I mean, I, I basically said to my wife, listen, I want to do this thing full time. I think I can do it. Look what I'm doing in my part time, like just doing it on nights and weekends. I said, if I can save in the bank one year salary. Now, I suspect I made less than you did if you were a COO of a company. However, <laughs> maybe my maybe my year salary was your six months. But I said, if I could save six or I'm sorry, one year salary, put it in the bank cash one year. That gives me let's just say eight months to make it work and then four months to find another job if I have to. Right. And yeah. that's exactly what I did. I put a year salary in the bank and within two or three months, I had already come close to making another year salary. So it worked out well and it was pretty quick. It was obvious from within 90 days or so I, I was never going to go back. But yeah, very similar, man. Just like, hey, talk to the wife and, and my wife. I don't know. I, I think I know yours is similar, but um, my wife, Nanette, is is very conservative financially. You know, she's not a big risk taker. I am like, I don't get nervous. I don't get nervous investing money or risking money uh, at all. And she does. So I, I know I have to sometimes uh, throttle back or at least try to look at things through a lens of a normally function brain like hers because <laughs> my brain just goes whatever like I I'll, I don't care like I'll do it I'll try it right and so I did the same thing one year salary and, and just off we went so you went from doing four or five deals working full-time what was your first year like deal flow wise what was it like yeah so then we did 12 deals so we had doubled it we did 12 deals the next year and then we doubled again and we did like 26 and then, yeah, part of that was joining this mastermind, that seven-figure flipping as well. So I was doing, yeah, I had quit or I just recently quit and then I joined seven figures. So I think I had quit my job three or four months. I went to Flip Hacking Live. I did all those things. I joined the mastermind and yeah, then it just kept growing and getting bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we, we've done almost a hundred deals in a year, just flipping houses. And so it's just been crazy to just grow and scale and and be able to just keep growing and getting better at our craft and doing the seven, flipping them really quickly and getting really efficient and just being able to dial in to what I was doing. But yeah, same thing. We we had amazing women behind us that were like, hey, we got your back. And part of the deal before I married my wife was like, hey, if we live in a double wide trailer, are you okay with that? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna go get it happen, and I'm gonna I'm the same way. I'm a I'm a risk taker just like you are, and my wife is definitely more conservative for sure. But that was her thing, right? And and having health insurance, that was a really important thing to her. And I just said, hey, instead of going to the office every day, I'm gonna go to the the basement, and I'm gonna work out of the basement every day. I'm gonna work eight to five just like I normally would, um, but it's just gonna be doing different things. And then I made sure I paid us every week, just like so it never felt like I was doing something different to her. We got a paycheck every two weeks. It was the same paycheck I was making um, doing corporate America. We had health insurance. Um, I contributed to, you know, some retirement, just like we had already been doing. So nothing really changed. It was just location of where the office was, yeah. was the only difference. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I So I didn't have the double wide trailer conversation with my wife. I, I suspect <laughs> that might not have gone as well, but we were a little older right. when we got married. Um, but all, and also she, she's a teacher. So, uh, you know, the health insurance thing never even came up as an issue, but different every, point is everybody has different circumstances, right? And so if you yeah. have a, a spouse that has health insurance, it can be maybe even a little easier to do this if you want to jump sure. and go full time for sure. Um so one of the things, if people Google Tyler Jensen, 
among all your many arrest warrants, no, I'm just joking, no arrest warrants. <laughs> no, they will find that you flip houses or have flipped houses in seven days, right? Now, yep. I know people right now, and I won't name names for the humiliation factor, but who have been flipping the same house for almost 18 months, the same house for 18 yeah. months, not done, not on the market yet, right? You have kind of cracked the code on how to flip a house. And this isn't like, we're not talking about you go in and like change out a kitchen sink and throw a new countertop and call it good. Like these are renovations. These are full renovations. In yeah. seven days, you flip a house in seven days. I tell people, if you can flip an average house in 30 days, you're cranking. You're doing great. Like that that's a that's moving. That's pretty good, right? 7 days is off the charts. And I think for some people it's not real, but it is real. You've definitely done it. First of all, is that something where you know, like some people do like ultra marathons and it's like, why would you ever do an ultra marathon? It's because just to see if you can do it, just to push yourself to the limit to see if you can do it. Right. Is flipping a house in seven days for you that is it like just seeing if you can do it, pushing yourself to the limit? Or is that a sustainable every house gets flipped in seven? Days? Is that just like standard operating procedure? Like, you know, is it more of like a thing like let's see if we can do it or this is how we do it? Yeah, good question. So when we first started, the first seven day flip was. 2018, I want to say, four years, four, almost five years ago that we started doing these seven-day flips. And I was I was that guy that was taking 18 months to flip a house. And it was driving <laughs> me crazy because I wasn't making any money. I would pay my lenders yeah. and they're making all the money. And I wanted to be able to control all those things. So the biggest thing in any flip is you've got to control the time, you've got to control the budget, and you've got to control the quality of work that you put out. All three of those things matter. But wait so a minute. Hold on. Time, hold on. Hold on. Here, here's yeah. what I always hear from contractors. You can get two of three things. Fast, cheap, or what's the other one? Qual uh, quality. Yeah. You can either get it cheap, yeah. you can get it fast, or you can get high quality. Pick two, right? Yeah. You're saying, no, pick, we're going to pick three. We're going to pick that's all three. Such a, yeah. That's such a, I was so frustrated. Well, why? <laughs> why can't I have all three? Exactly. Right? Well, exactly. well, you can. You can only have two. Well, yeah. I need all three. And I was sick of, I was only getting one, right? I would, if that, I wasn't yeah. even getting those. So they would always go over budget. It would always take forever. It, the quality would always suck, right? So I, <laughs> I, I said, hey, we're going to put this in a vacuum and I want to, I need to get all three. Yeah. And how, how can I do that? So the first seven day flip was just a, this concept that I'm like, Hey, how can I control those three variables? There's gotta be a way that I can get all three of them. Yep. I'm kind of greedy. I've wanted all of that. Yep. So I'm like, how do we, how do we create this thing? What would it look like to be able to control all three of those variables? And so I said, Hey, well, what if I'm going to, I'm going to condense the time frame where I'm going to limit it to seven days. We can't go over budget and we still have to have good quality. I wanted to prove that myth wrong. That was the biggest thing is you can only have two, right? Our contractors always telling us yeah. that. So I had a project manager at the time and I said, Hey, I want to flip a house in seven days. What does that look like? And he's like, you can't, it's impossible. You can't flip all the TV shows. They're not real. Like you can't flip a house in seven days. Yeah. And then we started having that conversation. Well, what would it look like? Well, you need this many guys and you'd have to have the materials on site. And I'm like, okay, cool. So there is a way that we could do this. We just have to figure it out. Yeah. So the first one that we did, we went through all of those things. We said, what would it look like? And how could we get people to stay on site? And where would we put all these people? And how many people would we need? And we just started asking all of those questions and starting diving really, really deep into it. 
And we talked about like even little things like lunch. Are we going to allow our employees to go to lunch? How much does that cost if we have 20 guys go to lunch at 25 bucks an hour times 20 guys at two hours realistically, right? Mm -hmm. By the time they go to lunch, they BS, they smoke, they come back, they actually get back to work. It was two hours. So that was a real expense. And so we dove into all of those things. And we didn't know what house we were going to do or when we were going to do it. But then we closed on a Thursday. And I I told my project manager, this is the house. We're going to flip this house in seven days. We had the idea. We had the concept. Let's implement it. So we closed on Thursday. We spent the weekend buying materials, talking to other subs, getting everything planned. And we started on Monday. And we did that house. It was a forty-five dollars or $50,000 rehab. So full on, we changed. We're updating bathrooms and kitchens and We did the whole thing and we did it in six days. We had planned it so well that we didn't even need the seventh day. Wow. And that was, I was expecting the wheels to fall off, man. It was a science project. And then if it falls up, falls apart and blows up, we can put it back together and make it better. But we had planned it so well that we finished in six days. The seventh day, we just kind of hung out and we had a barbecue and we, we didn't have to do a lot on that seventh day because we had a very well Uh, we had planned it very well and we executed that plan really, really well. And so from then kind of the evolution after that, we did it again and we just kept using this as a, as a tool in our artillery. And then last December, not this past one, but the year before that we had a single mom that was um, needed help. So every year, my company, we do a Christmas house is what we call it. And we help a single mom. We give them a free renovation and we'll go and rehab their house and help them out. And we only had six days to do a $60,000 renovation. And I couldn't have done that had we not have already done 30 plus seven day flips before that. So we planned it all. We did the same thing. We sent them out for a week and we did a $60,000 renovation in six days. And it was just really cool to be able to use that skill set and to really dial it in. So to answer your earlier question, no, not every day. Every flip that we do is in seven days. I wish we could do it that way, but there's just not enough people or time or planning to be able to do every single flip in seven days. But we use those systems and processes in all of our flips, whether it's a 30-day flip or whether it's a seven-day flip. We understand the timeline. We understand the budget. We understand what quality of standards we're trying to put out into the market. And so being able to do that was just really the science project because I hated that it was taking, you can't have all three, right? And we, I wanted to prove that we could. We could do all three. I can control the time. I can control the budget. And we can still put out a really good quality product. Yeah. that I always hated that pick two thing too. It's crazy. I, when yeah. I worked in the automotive industry, the guys in the manufacturing facilities would say the same thing, right? It's like quality, timing, or speed, or, you know, price. What do you want? Um, So how in the world, I I get it. You're on board. You're the owner. You're on board with doing seven-day flip. Your project manager, even, I can see that, right? Maybe that relationship. But what I'm wondering is, as someone who has done several flips, not as many as you, but done a lot, how did you find subs to get on board with this? Because it's, it's... it involves a little bit of stacking, right? You got to stack people. You got you to have people kind of in there at the same time. It's a lot of working in close quarters with a lot of subs. How in the world do you find subs to buy into this, you know, and, and do this? 
Yeah, the, the first one was actually really, really easy because it had never been done before. It's something that people wanted to do and they didn't think was possible. Then we kind of laid it out for them and said, hey, this is how it is possible. And they're like, hey, this is really cool. Like we're creating history almost, if you will, right? We're going to flip this thing in seven days. So there was a lot of hype and a lot of synergy with all of our teams. There was no fighting. No one, no one punched each other in the face, anything like that. As we progressed, Right. It's just building really good relationships with our people and saying, hey, look, we're going to pay you the same amount of money. Let's just get it done faster. Right. And and really understanding that process of stacking those contractors. Even now, if it's a 30 or 45 day flip for us, I still want at least two people on the job site at all times. So while the plumber's in doing his thing, I want the roofers doing their thing and the landscaper can be doing his thing. And they're not in each other's way. But we're still getting things done a lot more, a lot faster. And usually that tr- the traditional route in construction is that the plumber will come, he'll spend two or three days, then you'll go three days with no one being at the house, and then the electrician will show up, and then you'll wait a week till the HVAC guy can come, right? And we just don't want to do that. We want to get in and out of these properties as fast as we can, especially now with the changing market. Before, when the market was mm. appreciating, it was that you were actually making money by sitting on these properties. <laughs> yeah. Now that, yeah. that has changed, right? Yeah. And we're in a different market. And so now it's all about speed and how do we get speed to market? How do we get these houses back on the market as quick as possible? Yep. What does it look like in terms of, um, I got my messaging going here. What does it look like in terms of like, I, I'm going to put words in your mouth here. You can't just hire these contractors and go, go for it. And then let me know when it's done. Right. Cause things won't get done. So how much oversight does it require to get a job done? Not necessarily in seven days, but let's just say between seven and 30, like how much time or how many times do you need to be at the job site as the, as the owner or the person who's your project manager, whoever it is that's, that's overseeing this project, how often should they be not only in touch with the contractor, but at the site? Yeah. And really, if you're first starting out and where I'm at now is very different. So I want to speak to both of those. So when you first start out, I was at the job site as much as I could be. And especially on a seven day flip, I am there every single day to make sure that stuff is moving forward and getting stuff done. Um, Now it's it's different because I've created systems and processes. I've had the same four GCs for the last six, six years. Right. So they know the system. They know the process. They know my expectations. And so it's very different now than it was when I first started, but as often as possible, because they're, they don't have your money in their best interest. You have your money in your best interest and you, you're the owner of the business. So you got to make sure that stuff is moving and happening because they don't care about your money. They just want it, right? Give me all the money. I'm going to take it. It's going to take three weeks to change three light bulbs, right? Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. how it works in construction. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it was just like, hey, how do we create these systems and processes as we grow and scale that I don't have to go to the properties, that I have other people that can do it or the, the contractors understand our scope of work and they know time, budget, quality, and they know what my expectations are for all three of those things. And so now it's it's I'm talking with my GCs once or twice a week. We're going through the properties. I don't have to see a lot of these things because... I don't, I don't go to a lot of the houses anymore, again, because we have that relationship and that yeah. synergy where if you're first starting it, then yeah, absolutely. You need to go and you need to babysit that contractor and make sure that they're moving forward and keep them incentivized, right? Hey, how do we get this done quicker? 
and that there's a lot of ways to do that but yeah it's just depending on where you're at and growing your business and flipping houses for me it was all about my background was in manufacturing very similar to you right is how do we how do we manufacture something really quickly for as yeah. cheap as possible and all of that so totally. i took those principles of manufacturing the six sigma and running lean and all of that stuff from my manufacturing corporate world and i plugged them into flipping houses yeah and that's what we do is we we manufacture flips now there's a system there's a process there's an order and everyone knows what that is now in my business yeah so that that system and process is critical to to getting things done fast right um, sure. because I, I did that. I'm sure you did it at first. I, I just sort of reinvented the wheel every time I did a flip in the, in the early days, right? I just, there was nothing consistent about my process. I would just go to Home Depot and walk around and look, oh, that tile <laughs> looks good. And, oh, that, that yeah. looks good. And I would just kind of like just make it up every single time. And until I eventually realized that wasn't obviously going to be scalable at all. So real quick, this is sort of a specific question, but I'm curious. I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Not necessarily for a seven-day flip, just in general. You get a house, you're going to flip it. Do you suggest for people, if they ask, sub it out yourself, hire a GC? Which way do you think is best for most people? Yeah, I've done both. And even had the third option to that would be hire your own crew, right? And have an in-house crew. So I've done I've done all of those and I still do some of those to some extent. But for me, it, it's, it's really hard to find a good GC who's good at everything and good at managing a project. If you can find that guy, then absolutely, they're going to make your life a lot easier. They understand the system. They have good subs. They have all the things. If you can't find that guy, I know that I'm going to have the best interest and I'm going to get stuff done because I can control it. So I, I've done both of those and I still do those now. Right now, my business looks like that I have four GCs and they run the show. They manage all the subs. They're managing the scope of work, all of that. But when I first started, I was the GC and I was managing all of the subs and everything else because I could control it more. I could, like I said before, I, I knew how to stack those contractors. So I wasn't sitting for a week and nothing was happening on the property. If I'm managing that project, and I can bring the electrician in and the landscaper in at the same time, then I'm going to do that because I can, I can condense that time frame just by making a few phone calls and managing the project versus if I put it on to somebody else and it's just a GC, I have to keep pushing them constantly. Hey, where's the, where's the HVAC guy? And when's the plumber showing up? And it's really, you just got to find the right people in any business and, and in scaling it, you know, that it's, it's all about finding the right people that can get you to the right place. Totally. So what, what are your thoughts quickly? I don't want to keep you for all day, but what are your thoughts on the market now and how does that affect you as a house flipper? What, what's different now that wasn't the case maybe a year ago? Yeah. So a year ago, even six months ago, right, we were, you were, you saw a lot of new people that were doing bad things and still making money. Yeah. They were not good with their systems. They were not good with their processes. <laughs> they were just, it was appreciating so fast in our market that a lot of people, inexperienced people were doing the wrong things and they were getting rewarded for it. Yeah. All of those people are out of business now, right? <laughs> exactly. like they, yeah. they have left the market, yeah. which is good for us. 
And it's really just dialing it back in, like this whole feast or famine thing. It was great. We were making a ton of money when the market was really hot and super yeah. appreciating. We would put a house on the market and you'd have 50 offers in five minutes. Yep. That's not the case anymore. We're seeing days on market be a lot longer. We're seeing houses sit for a lot more. Interest rates are kind of doing this, though the buyer sentiment is a little bit different. Well, are interest rates going to go back up? Are they going to drop back down? Should yep. I buy now? And that buyer sentiment controls the market, a lot of it. And so for us, it's really, again, it's, we know that days on market is going to be longer. And we're going to have to pay for that. And holding costs, utilities, insurance, all those things. Yeah. So again, it's going back to those blocking and tackling. How do we control the budget? We're not going to go over budget like we could in the past and get it back on. You get $20,000 overall asking and that covered your overage of budget. Yeah. It's really getting back to that blocking and tackling and getting really good at your systems and processes, making sure that your timeline, you're turning these properties as quick as you can. You're staying on budget. You're not over rehabbing them. You're getting them to where they need to be, but, but not overdoing it and spending more money than you don't, than you need to. Yeah. And then, you know, just putting out a good quality product. If there's two houses that are really similar in price, but ours is better then they're going to pick your house. Right. Yeah. And so that's for me, the, the biggest thing is just getting really back to those foundations, blocking and tackling, dialing in your systems, getting really good, being conservative on your buys. We're not buying stupid deals anymore. Like we used to do. We've gotten back to our original buy box that says, Hey, we've got to buy conservative, mm-hmm. make sure that our numbers make sense. And then do our basic fundamentals of flipping houses. And since we've, we've pivoted back to that, it's funny because we, we kind of, we started there and then the market appreciates and you kind of forget where you came from and you just get so excited that the market is buzzing. And a lot of people, like I said, that a lot of people won and we won. We were part of that group. We bought deals we probably shouldn't have bought. And now we're paying for those deals, right? We're trying to get rid of them now. And. A lot of flippers got caught up in that, which is okay. And for us, you know, it's like, how do we dial back, get back to what we're good at and dial on our business again, get back to those basic fundamentals. Yeah. There's a time and there's a time in the marketplace where you can reach and get a little bit, um, a little bit lazy with your processes and still do okay. And like you said, that time is over now, at least for a while it's over. And so systems and processes, getting things done on time, getting things done on budget, and making sure your quality is at least as good, but hopefully better than the competition so that you stand out couldn't be more important than it is right now, I think. And 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 yeah. I think it's that's why I wanted to to pull you on here and talk about this because there's a lot of real estate investors, specifically flippers right now, that are saying you can't flip in this market. Um, they're going out of business, like you said. It's probably because they, you know, the worst thing you can do is come into the market as an investor at the absolute positively best time as far as like being able to make mistakes and and just still be profitable because you sort of come into the industry thinking it's always going to be like that. And then when things switch, like you can, you can like lean back on your, your, your foundation, which was when things weren't going great, that's how you kind of developed your skills and sharpened your sword. When things mm-hmm. got great, you realized it and kind of took advantage of that situation. And now that things are not like that anymore, you at least can fall back on your roots. You can fall back on what you know works in this environment. People who started two years ago 
are like reeling or out of business because they just they didn't yeah. even they, they never had processes and they never had systems and they never did it right. They just were being rewarded for it, like you said. So yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on here, man. If uh, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out if they want to just connect with you and, and learn more from you? How can they do that? Yeah. Send me a message on social media. Facebook um, is great. To, to message me, send me an email, Tyler at Utah, com is our company. Um, I love connecting with people. I love mentoring. Mike and I do a lot of that uh, in our mastermind group. We do a lot of mentoring and coaching. So happy to help, happy to answer questions. If you want to talk more specific about flipping or seven-day flips or anything like that, I'd love to chat with you. Um, come look at our mastermind, come to a, an event. Mike's wearing the flip hacking live shirt. Uh, we've both presented at that event, which is amazing. And you get a ton of content out of it. If you need more like one-on-one -on -one coaching or one-on-one -on -one consulting and you feel like, Hey, if I could have Tyler come to my market for a couple of days, I do a lot of that one-on-one -on -one consulting as well. So a lot of different options from joining a mastermind, getting free content, shooting me an email to, Hey, Tyler, I want you to come out and help me just blow up our business. Um, you have a lot of options and access to me. So happy to help in any way. Awesome, man. It's It's been awesome having you on. I, I get to talk to you on a fairly regular basis, but uh, I always enjoy it. It's always inspiring for me. And it always makes me think, why am I not flipping houses more? Maybe I should be flipping houses, but uh, that's that's not necessarily where I'm great. So I, I'll do my, yeah. you know, I do my three or four a year like you used to on your side hustle. And I call it good because I, I escape. Um, but listen, man, I, again, awesome to have you on. I appreciate your time and I'm looking forward to seeing you at our next event. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited. Thanks again for having me on, Mike. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. Thanks. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Tyler Jensen is the real deal. He is the best house flipper I have ever met, honestly. He's just so, so smart, knows what he's doing, and he's helped hundreds of people dial in their house flipping business as well. And the fact that he has done, uh, well, actually, a seven-day flip is as advertised, but it was actually done in six pretty amazing. Uh, and I know he's actually done two houses at the same time, both of them in seven days. Just just amazing, right? I mean, if someone can do it in seven days, you can do it in 30 or 60, right? I mean, it's a no-brainer. So uh, dial into Tyler, get into his world. Uh, he is amazing, smart, and uh, just, just an all-around great guy. So love having him on, love having people like this on because uh, it just raises all of our games. So hopefully you guys uh, loved that interview as much as I did. Uh, but get out there. This market that we're in, it's not a big, bad monster. You can do it in this market. You can do it in any market. Don't wait for things to change because there'll always be a reason to wait. Get out there now. Get started. Make things happen. Make today the best day. We'll see you next time.